The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. How do you respond to truth when you are faced with truth? Do you receive it? Do you open yourself up to truth and God's revelation? Or do you sort of push it away at arm's length? Well, we're going to be in Acts chapter 19 right now, and I welcome you to this edition of Exploring the Word. Alex McFarlane, along with Bert Harper. And if you are at a place, you can get a, a copy of God's Word. Turn, if you would, to the New Testament book of Acts, Acts chapter 19, and we're going to look at the four blessings that come about when Christians respond to God's revelation. Bert, it's good to be with you, my dear brother, and it's good to talk about truth and our response to it. Amen. What a day to be speaking concerning truth. Uh, We hear about my truth, your truth, everybody's truth. But honestly, there is truth, and that is, it does respond with reality, but it's also true anywhere, anytime, under any conditions. Uh, Here we find in Acts 19, they had revealed truth, but then there was more truth that they need to understand and know. Let me ask you this question. What if their first truth was wrong, and then they wanted to share truth? All of a sudden, do you have a little bit of conflict if you didn't start from the the ground or the foundation of truth? Well, that's true. And, and you, you know, all of us, we have things in our in our mind that are true, partially true, and some things we believe are entirely false. Bert, I, I think about this. I had been a Christian a few months. I was a college student at University of North Carolina at Greensboro. I was a convinced evolutionist, and it wasn't that I was rejecting the biblical story of creation. I just didn't know it. And I remember Pastor F.G. Alford, I was at Bible study where I had heard the gospel, and he was uh, going through, through the Bible, and we were in Genesis. And I asked him at one night, I said, well, now, where where are the dinosaurs and evolution in this? Because we evolved, and it wasn't that I rejected creation. It's just all I'd ever known. I'll never get Pastor Alfred looked at me and he said, well, Alex, I don't believe in evolution. I think we all were created, and the dinosaurs probably died in the flood. And I was like, flood? The reason I'm sharing this is I remember my mind was blown. 30 years of studying God's Word and great scholarship, I realized he was right. You know, there's something called the Cambrian explosion, and life appears fully formed in the fossil record. But my point, while creation and rejecting Darwinian evolution, that was truth that was presented to me, and I had to reorient my mind in light of truth. In Acts 19, regarding the Holy Spirit, there was some believers, and they had a certain amount of truth, but when Paul comes to Ephesus and and in Corinth, there was truth they had to learn. Here's, Here's my point, Bert. All of us, when we come to previously unknown truth, that the Lord reveals, we are obliged to respond to it, aren't we? We really are. And when you build truth on real truth, I'm telling you, you're building that faith, you're building a biblical worldview. 
And so sometimes you have to go back, like the book of Nehemiah. Uh, Nehemiah came to Jerusalem to build the wall, but he found out they had to remove the rubbish before they can build the wall with the right foundation. So they spent part of their time removing the rubbish. So a lot of times with what you heard from your pastor, you had to remove some rubbish before truth could be built upon truth. We, what we try to do on Exploring the Word, we try to build truth upon truth, but sometimes it causes others to have to remove rubbish. And, and that rubbish does happen. It's called false teaching. Uh, and false teaching is not just biblical models. It is in our education system, just like evolution. Evolutionists mm. are false teachers. We, we want to limit false teachers only to those at church or those at a seminary. No, they're in the colleges. They're in the educational system. They're in yes. the entertainment system. Uh, they're in the media system. And so what we want to do is build truth upon truth. And when you do that, your perspective and your view is clearer. If what Alex and I share with you, if it conflicts with something that you have believed in the past, what you want to do, Alex and I are going to do our best to have biblical truth. And are, are we absolute on that? We're absolute on trying to make it that way. I can tell you that right now. And, <laughs> Amen. But if it's in conflict, examine what you have have learned in the past. Uh, and this is what's happened to college students, kids that's born in the church, raised in the church, heard the truth. All of a sudden, they go to a college and a, seminary, uh, a college professor starts downing what the Bible has said, and they haven't had the truth I would say drilled in, down deep in their heart to know truth. I'm one of those that went to college, heard about evolution, heard about everything, but I had so grounded myself and my Sunday school teachers, my pastors, they had put it in my heart and my mind that the Word of God is the Word of God and it speaks. And so I was able to go through that rubbish and dismiss Mm -hmm. it. I had to learn it and repeat it back on the test but it never did take root because the truth was there at the beginning. So let that Amen. truth saturate your heart and your mind, and it will stand the test of time and te- and stand the test of other false doctrines that are put to you. Bert, brilliant, brilliant. And yes, sometimes the rubbish of false teaching has to be removed so that Truth can be put in our in our heart and our mind. Let me read a little bit about uh, a little bit of this from Acts nineteen. I just think it's very instructive for us today. Uh, verse one it says, "And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples." He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And Paul asked them, Into what then were you baptized? They said, Into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Jesus Christ. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. And before we drill down into this too much, let me, let me ask you this. It's one thing to reject truth, and some people reject truth. But these people here, they, it wasn't they had rejected 
but they were just ignorant. They were uninformed about the truth of the Holy Spirit up to this point. Is this right? It is right, and, and that was true in Jesus' time. Listen, what would happen to the apostles following Jesus? Through observation, they knew he was different. Through observation, they knew that he was healing. Through observation, he could they could tell he could stand up against the Pharisees when they had come against him. That was just observation. But Jesus himself said to Peter when he said, You're the Christ, the Son of the living God, he said, Flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but my Father who's in heaven has revealed it to you. So the two ways of coming and seeing is observation and revelation. Observation will only take you so far. But then the right. revelation comes in, and here it is. We have the Apostle Paul teaching these individuals that had experienced the baptism of repentance of John the Baptist, knowing there was a God, knowing they needed to turn to God, and visibly being baptized, they said, we have not heard of this Holy Spirit. And so here it is. It wasn't for because they weren't ready. It was because it had not happened as of yet. And guess what happened? When, they, when it happened, it happened. And with observations of, of difference and revelation. So, Alex, you're exactly right. This revelation from God was true. And, and they weren't rejecting it, honestly. Uh, it seems like to me they were like the believers in Berea, that they received the word of God readily. I believe they received Paul's teaching and revelation readily, brother. Amen. I, I completely agree. I completely agree. And folks, if you're just tuning in, this is a pre-recorded edition of Exploring the Word. We can't take phone calls. And uh, as as you and I are recording this, Bert. Speaking of uh, readily receiving God's revelation, today is the first day, as you and I record this, it's the first day of the first of six summer camps that I'm hosting, and I just literally moments ago was in front of 130 teenagers, and we were talking about what does it mean to be a human being made in God's image, and it was such a blessing. I just got through moments ago praying with many young people eagerly receiving God's truth. And a lot of kids, they basically say this, we love to come. And Bert, by the way, I'm in front of 130 teenagers, and so many of them, they're from Florida, Alabama, Georgia, even a group from Michigan. They said, we love to hear Bert Harper and Alex on Exploring the Word middle school and high schoolers that listen to this program, and they said, we learn stuff from Mr. Burt and Mr. Alex that we just don't hear anywhere else. <laughs> Amen. But here's Alex, my first... Alex, let me, let me say this <laughs> while you're at it. I think I shared it with you. Our, our oldest grandson, Jude, was at a Bible camp, and uh, with his last name, Harper, he, had, he said, man, I had so many people coming up and say, well, would you be kin to... Bert Harper? Oh, yeah, that's my uh -huh. papa. So there's those young people. And I, let me say this. Also, their advisors and counselors that were with them, with them uh, they are listening to Exploring the Word. So, Alex, uh, what an opportunity and what a blessing. We give God the glory. Here's my first of four points, four blessings that come when you respond to God's revelation. Point number one, when we receive the light that we have had, more light will be given. 
Amen. You know, okay, these disciples at Corinth, and they were disciples. I mean, they had believed in the one that John the Baptist pointed to. Remember, John said, um, you know, there's one coming after me, and I'm not even worthy to untie his shoes. Um, And this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John the Baptist was pointing people to Christ. But Paul and Apollos are there, and Paul says, you know, tell me about your experience with the Holy Spirit. And they said, well, yeah, we don't know what that is. And so when Paul teaches them about the Holy Spirit, lays hands and prays on them, obviously the Spirit of God is at work in their life. They received the light they had, and more light was given. Alex, it sounds like walking with the flashlight. If you want to know further things that's down the road, walk in the light, and you'll see more light. Well, Alex and I are going to come back right after this break. We're going to share with you more from John, uh, excuse me, Acts chapter 19, right after the break. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. As we go. Welcome back to Exploring the Word, and what a song to bring that in. Alex, we're talking about truth being added to truth, and what that song is talking about is walking with Christ. And if we walk in the light, light will be revealed. As we walk in truth, truth will be revealed. So let me ask you this. A part of truth and you finding truth has to do uh, with something of your behavior. Have you ever heard this? Behavior affects your belief. And I have found out because of certain people's behavior, they don't reject the truth based upon the probability of of evidence or anything. They want to reject the truth because of their behavior. Mm, That's true. That is really true. You know, Bert, when I was um, president of Southern Evangelical Seminary, um, I began to read books on leadership. And uh, John Maxwell, I'm sure you recall John yes. Maxwell. Yes, I do. One, and he's written many books. One that really impacted my life was um, Developing the Leader Within You. Uh, and it's leadership from a Christian perspective. And there was a phrase in there about how it basically it said, People will rise to the level of their incompetency. And what that that. meant is, you know, there's only so far you can go in your own innate skills and strengths. And then you'll hit areas of weakness. And John Maxwell said that when you find an area of where you're not strong or you don't know, you can do one of two things. I mean, you can either ignore it. Um, and be satisfied with where you are, or you can actively try to grow and get stronger. And um, anyway, long story short, I remember reading that, and I became, um, I don't want to say fearful or paranoid, but here's, if there's one thing that I, you know, I do, I'm not going to say, Bert, that I worry about it, but I am concerned. I try to be mindful of it. I don't want to become unteachable. Yeah. You know, and I feel like um, in terms of stewardship, we have to, no matter how long we've been a Christian, no matter how far we've uh, come in life or whatever, we always want to be teachable and, and let God 
mold us. We, we want to be pliable in God's hands. And I realize in terms of people management and leadership and personal discipline, you know, um, even things like going to bed on time and trying to get enough sleep. And, and I pray, and Angie would tell you, I was like, Lord, please don't let me get satisfied. I want to grow. And this relates to Acts 19 because, you know, when these um, disciples, they learn new things about the Holy Spirit, they received it. And when you receive the light and the instruction that God is setting before you, he'll give you more instruction. And in a few minutes, I want to get to our, our point number two. But Bert, um, whether it be uh, our walk with the Lord or our reading the Bible or our prayer life or how we're investing in our marriage or trying to be the best employee I can be, um, part of the Christian's life, and not only is it a duty, but it's really a joy. We want to grow. We want to be teachable. We want to continually becoming a better better than we were yesterday, all for God's glory, don't we? Amen. It's triple L, lifelong learning. And mm. that's that's the purpose. And you have to do that purposefully, Alex. <clears throat> it does not happen casually. Uh, this is one of the things that really has damaged the church in the last few years is casual Christianity, thinking that, well, uh, this is who I am. Oh, yeah, I'll pick it up when I need to. no purposeful. And so this is this is the point. And these people were purposeful. They wanted to know more. They wanted to follow God all the way. They knew they had not arrived. And so they were ready. Now, let me share this with you. When you're opened to lifelong learning, you need to have a Steve underneath you, something to, to break out false truth. That's the reason mm. you want to start with truth. You want to learn. You want to continue learning. You got to be open to that. You don't close your mind. So you learn these things, but you always examine them in light of truth. And uh, recently, I know you got the question, and we'll probably answer it on one of our uh, Fireway Fridays that that we record uh, in the future. Is is how do you discern false teaching? How, man, that's so important if you're going to be a lifelong learner because there's going to be always people that's going to put things out there that are not right. The book of First and Second John and even Third John talk about the spirit of Antichrist or the false teachings of Antichrist that's been around since the time of John, even into 2023. And so, but you want to be that lifelong learner, but have the Word of God, the biblical worldview, as that source, as you are able to weed out, as you're able to put put it into perspective. So, Alex, these people, they had their bases right. They had followed the light that they had received, and now they were going to receive more light. And so, Alex, that's what we want to do in 2023, isn't it? It is. Amen. A- amen. We want to receive more and more light. You know, uh, C.S. Lewis talked about walking with the Lord onward and upward, you know, in, in our walk with the Lord. Now, the second point is that God's revelation requires a personal response. Uh, we don't just, you know, Vance Havner jokingly said that he was in a meeting once and 
uh, somebody said, uh, I move that we acknowledge this was information and dismiss. No, we don't just say, okay, this was information. No, we make a personal response. I want to keep reading. Uh, in verse 11, it says, Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out from them. Now, this was a, a different time period, the book of Acts. Um, they had laid hands, and it said the people received the Holy Spirit. The men prophesied, and for three months, they're in Paul and Apollos. They're in the synagogue preaching, teaching. Let me go back to verse 9. Here's the thing. Some were hardened and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way before the multitude. Now, that's Christianity, this movement. And some didn't believe, and they hardened their hearts. Um, and, and Paul uh, left this and uh, goes and uh, teaches in the school of Tyrannus. And this continued for two years so that all who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. Okay, here's the thing. Some hardened, but others believed. And God's revelation, and, and folks, maybe the revelation that you need to open yourself up to today is to be born again. Um, here, is, here is truth, and this is God's word, that morality can't save you. Good works can't save you. And maybe the truth that you need to be open to is that you are a sinner, but God loves you, and Christ will forgive you, but you need to turn to Jesus and be born again. Even church membership, as important as that is, Bert, joining a church is not what saves you. Uh, being uh, what we think is an upright, ethical person, as important as that is. That's not salvation. And so you must make a personal re uh, response and believe on Jesus to be saved. Maybe you're a Christian already, and, but you're not obeying God in your, in your tithing. Maybe you're not obeying God in a lot of areas. And so when the Spirit of the Lord mercifully reveals something, Bert, doesn't it mandate a personal response? It does. And listen, that response is in what has been revealed. And when truth is revealed, there's got to be. Uh, many times, and we're, we're talking in the book of Acts where Paul would go and preach, uh, he would go into a synagogue, they'd listen. He had went to the center of, of learning there in Athens and spoke to them about Jesus Christ, and they would listen. And then uh, many times when he would get to the resurrection, Alex, that's when mm -hmm. several would say, we don't want to hear any more of this. Mm. It was foolishness to them. It was beyond anything they could they could uh, think of or it even happening. It was against everything they had thought or been taught. So what, what happens is this response, uh, first, it comes in through your mind. It really does. You've got to respond to what you hear, and it goes through your brain. It goes through your mind. Do you examine it? To, the Bible says examine yourself to be whether you're in the faith or not. What does that mean? You look at what where you are, what you've done, what's in your life now, who you've trusted. So this examination that we have demands a response after you are you've heard the revelation of truth, Alex. And here these people, 
these men and women, I think, here in in this situation, they wanted to hear more truth. They didn't want to hear less. They said, yes, bring it on. We want to hear more because why? They had responded. They had they were walking in the light. They heard the light, and they, now they respond to it. So, Alex, uh, our response kind of, uh, that is a telltale sign of what's going to happen. Uh, let me ask you this. Can the first response be no but God keep on revealing truth to you. And then later that person said, okay, I rejected it the first time. I'm not going to do it anymore. Does God give a second chance sometimes to respond to truth? He really does. Praise God. God is very patient with us. But, but let me say the step one, and th- this is just so critical for all people, your your grid or your your benchmark, whatever you want to call it, has always got to be the Bible. Bert, um, opinions, just like you were saying, you know, um, reasoning can only take you so far. And I, I know you've probably heard people talk about the Apollo project. And, you know, when we were sending rockets to the moon, those NASA scientists had to be so precise because if you're off by a fraction, you know, at... Cape Canaveral, by the time you get up in outer space, you're going to be off by hundreds and hundreds of miles. Bert, it's like that. I've met people, and and they might be intelligent, and they might be accomplished people by the world's standards, but human reasoning and the opinion of man can only take you so far, and in fact, human opinion to the exclusion of God's revelation can mislead you very, very far. That's why... Uh, I, I can tell you there's nothing special about Alex or Bert, but I, I do think God has blessed us so much because you and I are absolutely in agreement that the starting point of truth must be the Word of God. It's be. There's no uh, other. There's yeah. no other source by which you can measure it. And and as you said, Alex, if you're wrong at the beginning, <clears throat> how critical is it? it going to be at the end that's the reason mm. and i know i quote you quote adrian rogers and i know i quote him on this one more than anything if you cannot believe the bible of telling us where we came from how can we believe what it says about where we're going and amen. so amen that and that has to do with the apollo project you listen if they were off at the beginning how far would they be off at the ending? And so you you build on this truth, truth upon truth, and that's what we're trying to do on exploring the Word. And that's what was happening here with the Apostle Paul and these who were hearing him, Alex, and they had responded to the truth, and God, the truth that they had, God gave more light. They responded to that light as well, didn't they? They did. They did. So point number two, God's revelation requires a personal response. Now, point number three is this. Obedience to God's revelation takes the church to new levels of power and blessing. Remember I said, uh, I was reading Acts 19, 11, and 12. God worked miracles through Paul. And oh my goodness, you know, Paul he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He, uh, as, as the Bible says, was quite accomplished in the Jewish religion. Pa- no doubt Saul of Tarsus had a secure life, money, all of these things. He had the respect of the community. 
But on that Damascus road, when he was blinded by the light of revelation he had been fighting against, Paul had a decision to make. And the whole wide world was changed by his obedience. Now, here in Acts 19, we read about miracles, and, and people are getting healed. Uh, demons are being driven out. Bert, could you imagine, just imagine, folks, we're living in a time when there's a battle over morality and lawlessness versus order, morality versus transgenderism and sexuality, and just so much secularism that is just about to be our nation's undoing. Could you imagine the power and the blessing if a hundred million Christians and a half million clergy spoke with a unified biblical voice? Bert, would we see some positive change like real quick? I believe you would, and there's evidence of that in the past. You don't have to say, well, I think it would. It has happened. Uh, You look at the first Great Awakening. Look what took place there, and this is before uh, our our Declaration of Independence because this took place. uh, The Declaration of Independence and the Constitution followed the Great Awakening where I'm talking about, we're talking about thousands upon thousands of people came to know the Lord Jesus Christ, and what was it? When you look at those sermons that George Whitfield, Jonathan Edwards preached, and we do have some of those written down of the kind of preaching and the preaching they had, especially Jonathan Edwards, you see the truth. And what happened, because they spake the truth, guess what happened to those other uh, pastors that was listening? They were, they began to speak those truths, and thousands and thousands more were added to the church. Alex, it happened then. I believe it can happen again. Amen. It really can. And folks, this talk about truth and responding to it starts with me and it starts with you and all of us responding to the truth that God's Spirit has revealed. Well, stay tuned. We're going to come back and talk more about the blessing of obedience to truth when we come back. Don't go away. Now, back to the Bible study. You're listening to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. It's about the cross. It's about my sin. It's about how Jesus came to be born once so that we could be born again. It's about the stone. You know, in the book of Romans, Romans 1 verse 18, it talks about... um, Here is the condemnation that light had come and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. And it says that the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against those who, listen, suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Alex and Bert here. So honored that you're listening. We are in Acts 19, but Bert, the reason I brought up the Romans 1, I was thinking about uh, God's Word strongly condemns suppression of truth. And I mean, I'm preaching it myself here. All of us, when God reveals truth, we really are obligated, mandated to respond to it and to ignore truth, to suppress the truth. I mean, that really is a frightful thing. Imagine standing before the Lord one day and God says, look, no, you knew, you knew salvation was only in Jesus. You knew 
homosexuality was wrong. You knew <laughs> Charles Darwin was absolutely false and biblical creation was what we all knew was right and we ignored it or suppressed it. I don't want to stand before God and be guilty of having knowingly suppressed something that I knew was true. Alex, that is powerful when you say it that way and because that's the way the Word of God says it, that truth revealed demands a response. You've already shared that. And then that response will dictate what happens next. I mean, it really does. Will they be cursing or will they be blessing? Now, here's what we've done with blessing many times. We think blessing only of that of making it easier for us, making it better for us. God's blessing doesn't always occur that way. A lot of the blessing is his favor. A lot of the blessing is him looking at Stephen and standing when Stephen was dying, and what a price to pay for standing for truth. And yet, that is a blessing to be in his presence. So we stand in truth. We walk in the truth. Have you noticed those two words? There's sometimes we take our stand. We can, we like Martin Luther said, we can do no other. And mm. other times we walk. In other words, as we go through life, we walk in the truth that he's given us. And what does that do? It should demonstrate that truth that's been given to us, Alex. The light that has been given is not only responded to, but it is also should be demonstrated in us. And that's what's happening here. They spake in tongues, other languages. They were able to see what God was doing. It was not only, uh, I'd say this, it was not only received, it was demonstrated in their life. Once That's the reason the Bible says walk in truth. It should be demonstrated. Have you ever heard you'd rather see a sermon as hear one anytime? Mm, what is that, true. Alex? That's walking in the truth. Letting it's the, authenticity. That's exactly right. And, and I'm not diminishing preaching. Don't you hear me that because he's called us to preach. But I want to tell you, demonstration of truth is powerful in the hand of the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Well, it is, absolutely. Uh, the fourth point, I want to give this, and then we'll come back to it, but when the the church, whether it be the large body of Christ or a specific local church or a Christian, when the church or a church or a believer is in a state of obedience, it blesses the people around. I mean, there is a ripple effect where, I mean, and if you look at the, the course of history, where Christianity has gone, it has always resulted in the betterment of the human condition, uh, really. But, Bert, it's almost humorous. I know this is very serious. In, in verses 13 through 16, I have to digress for a moment and read about um, while an authentic work of God was, was going on here, um, when humans foolishly or whatever try to dabble in Christianity, let me just say it backfires in a serious way. Because look, the spiritual realities, the blessing of God, and spiritual warfare uh, is not to be taken lightly. Bert, this is almost funny, but it's pretty serious. It says, there were some itinerant Jewish exorcists who took it upon themselves to call 
the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, we exercise you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. And there were seven sons of Shiva. And Shiva means like a tool or an implement. So this was a Jewish priest of Shiva, and he had seven sons. He was an influential guy, apparently. And they're trying to wield spiritual power like Paul and Apollos, but they didn't know Jesus. Um, The gospel was useful to them, not personal. So this demon says, verse 15, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? And the man in whom there was an evil spirit leaped on it, jumps on these people, overpowered them, prevailed against them, and so the they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Now, Bert, in the original language, it pretty much means a demon-possessed man just beats up on these guys. These are spiritual deceivers, itinerant exorcists that are, you know, charging people for for things, and they think, okay, wow, Paul has power. Uh, we're going to call on Jesus because this could make us some money, Bert. Here's my point in this. Spiritual truth, spiritual warfare, spiritual realities, uh, these are not things we we trifle with. Uh, we're talking about some seriously powerful things here. And <clears throat> you'd better be on the side of Jesus and truth, if or a demon-possessed man might uh, take you to the woodshed. <laughs> okay, two or three things. One, I, this phrase, and, and you said it has some humor. This response of the Spirit is that Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who in the world are you? <laughs> Alex, uh, that that is gripping. I also couldn't help but think about Elisha and uh, those children, and they were older children, uh, knew better, and they could going around calling him Ballhead. And mm. the, the she-bears came out and took care of those those uh, children. I, I just want to tell you, it's a dangerous thing, and, you, and I agree with you, trifling with or using, uh, trying to reap the benefit of something that you do not possess. And uh, that's exactly what they were doing, and the response was the evil spirit. Now, notice this. This is the evil spirit that is responding to that which is false. This is not God responding. This is the evil spirit responding. Now, did God permit that? Yes, he did. Uh, But that, you notice that evil eats up evil. And I'm I'm going to give you a great, uh, hopefully, it will be an illustration of what's going on in the world today with transgenderism and all the liberal things that it's doing. And and you remember, now this was not evil. The females that came out and they deserve equality with men concerning jobs, concerning rights, everything. I'm, don't yep. you hear me saying anything but. But now transgenderism has come out, and it's it's okay for the liberals. It is, it is trumping a woman's right to be on that uh, swim team because mm. that male that is is trying to be at and have all the things that a female has is competing against them on an unlevel playing field. That's what I want to get to. Satan is always looking 
for anything of unlevel playing field to try to to what did he do? He came to kill, steal, and destroy. And so, yeah. but have you noticed evil eating up evil because evil has no restraint? Yeah, you. I hope I've made myself clear on that. I I tried to. Would you respond to just what evil? You know, eating up well, evil because they have no restraint. The Bible says that the the grave is never satisfied. He, here's the thing, folks. Um, if you respond to truth, you'll get more truth. But if you embrace error, you'll be all the more vulnerable to falsehood. Do you know, Bert? Um, I I know of politicians that right now today are standing for some terribly detrimental ungodly things but you look back in 35 40 years ago they were actually pretty conservative but a little error takes you deeper into falsehood mm-hmm. and toleration of a little sin you look up and one day you're immersed in things that are just immoral and ungodly and and satan and darkness are never satisfied bert i had the privilege of taking personal evangelism under bill bright founder of Campus Crusade, and he famously wrote a little track called um, God Loves You and Has a Wonderful Plan for Your Life. Well, but he said, don't forget, Satan hates you and has a terrible plan to destroy you. And see, that's why we would plead, build your life on Jesus, build your beliefs on his word, embrace the scriptural worldview because yes god loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life satan hates you and has a plan to destroy you and so god's revelation requires a a response but the final point that we want to make is this that when the the church or any church or any christian is in a state of obedience there's blessing that that flows out of that uh verse 17 of acts 19 Um, it it says this regarding not only Paul and his miracles, but the seven sons of Shiva that got uh, kicked around by some demons. All right, this became known to both Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Also, many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them. In the sight of all, praise God. And they counted up the value of them, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. So, Bert, this is almost like Nineveh. There's repentance turning from the darkness to the Lord Jesus and, and burning the occultic things when... Well, I'll put it this way. Billy Graham said, courage is contagious. So is obedience. Bert... I've seen it when you give an altar call, one person comes, and then the whole room comes forward. Um, Obedience and a life change through Christ, it spreads as people follow the Lord. Others are motivated to follow as well. It's a good statement. Let me take it just real personal in someone's life living with the other. And I think I think this is applicable to that. It's in First Peter, when Peter was writing about wives and husbands, and, and it talks about the woman with her good conduct or her lifestyle uh, that through, through without a word that her husband 
might observe her behavior and that he would come to faith. In other words, that whole household, the father, the children, they're blessed by the obedience of the mother. The same thing is true with the father. That whole family is blessed because of their obedience of following the Lord, of doing as he says. And so this this conclusion is exactly right. Through that obedience, uh, the others are possibly uh, blessed beyond imagination that this is the result of it. And, and I would say that's proven all through the Bible. And when you look at church history, you see that happening in church history because of Martin Luther's stand concerning what God said, the just shall live by faith. Listen, guess what happened? In his obedience of following the Lord, we, he brought out a, a life-changing experience to a continent, even a civilization that goes on even today, Alex. So oh, yeah. that obedience of following and walking in the light. And let's let's start this and let me and I'll throw it back to you. You started out with here these people, they had light, but then Paul comes and gives them more light. They respond to that light, and then God responds to them by blessing them. Then that is observed and seen and demonstrated in the lives of others. And because that all the result was obedience and blessing to that whole town. Alex mm. That's some kind of formula if we could obey it and walk in it. So what is it? where does it start? First, knowing truth, that light that you have, walking in that light, God giving you more light and you in obedience following him. And I want to tell you, it will result in some response. Our prayer is that some will respond to faith, but like the sons of Siva, there may be some that does not. But don't be discouraged for those that do not respond. Uh, Alex, uh, we, we, we realize that truth will stand time. Truth will mm. stand when everything fails. So we're just standing in the truth, live in the truth, speak the truth. Is the results left really up to God? They, they really are. You know, um, I, I, I don't, I don't want to talk about myself Dr. Wilmington and Elmer Towns, when I was at Liberty, they said, in, in your preaching, don't be self-referential. Don't refer to yourself too much. And so I don't want to do that. But, Bert, I'm going to tell you, when I got saved, uh, a lot of my friends made fun of me. They really did. Uh, but last summer I did a funeral, and there were a lot of guys there that I used to know. And they said, Alex, we respect you. We, we never knew that you would stick with it 30 years and that you have. <laughs> I said, well, look, don't look at me. Keep your eyes on Jesus. But obedience and recognition of truth, it does touch others around that we may not even be aware of. Amen. Alex, thank you for bringing this. It's Acts 19. Start with verse 1 and read it, and you'll see light upon light, truth upon truth, and you responding to it will bring blessing. Alex, thank you for sharing that with us today. And we look forward to sharing with you more here on Exploring the Word. Ask others to listen to Exploring the Word and you continue to listen and share Jesus with them. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.